This podcast was brought to you by Good Episode Productions. You like it. Um, yeah, so I'm drinking a delicious red wine given to me at my co-worker's leaving drinks. Um, when I was, we were all so drunk that I thought I was going to die. And then they ordered another bottle of red wine. <laughs> and I was like, why are you doing this? Because I didn't have to buy drinks, which is great. Because everyone at my work hates their jobs. And so, like, they drink so, so much. But they always buy bottles of wine. And so I never have to buy drinks. <laughs> That's beautiful. Um, That's incredible. That's my no dream. One physically, no one could physically drink the bottle of wine. So I was just like, I'll take it. And they let me. So that's what I'm <laughs> drinking at the moment. Great. <laughs> a delicious red wine blend. <laughs> oh, yes. You've got to take the work Cheers. benefits that you can get. Listen, mm-hmm. there, so, my, my job is sort of, you know, not the best, but there are, there are some benefits. The people are pretty nice. The alcohol is abundant. <laughs> my coworker, <laughs> who, who will be sadly missed, has gone, and now I have oh. no friends. But to boldly go. Dick these days. It's just, just two guys going at it, and there's no romance. The there's no tenderness to sucking dick these days. Yeah. Um, I'm going to create the first porn where people suck dick tenderly and mm-hmm. romantically while looking into each other's mouths. It's going to oh, be a lot of candles. You just do it in black and white, and then it's yeah. classy. And then, then it's art. That's um, art. Yeah. Me and Robin did go and see uh, the great, the great um, surreal film, um, The Golden Age, which is, that's its English name. What's it called? Uh, the same thing, but in French. But the, the Golden Age in Life French. Dog. Yeah. Large doors. Large doors. I just translated that. I don't know the movie. I just saw good that's, at French. I think that's the what it's called. Golden Age movie by Brunwell. Um, and Picasso. It was fantastic. Large doors. Oh, it's the Brunwell one. We I just see. sat yeah. down and it like in the muse in the Reina Sofia in Madrid, and yeah. just sat down in this room to watch it. And then there was this scene where the two like main characters start putting their hands in each other's mouth and Tom and I just looked at Chaz and pointed at her. <laughs> it was a beautiful moment. It was really like the culmination of a day's fun and culture. Um, I love Buñuel. Have you seen... I watched uh, I watched Bad Du Jour a couple of months ago and then I watched The Creed Charm of the Bourgeoisie, so I'm... Really oh, I didn't know. I didn't know Belle du Jour was him. I will. Oh yeah. Been mean, I've been meaning to watch it for ages, so that's cool. Belle du Jour is like <laughs> What's funny about Belle du Jour is that it's like this famous, like notorious erotic movie. Not a single tit to be seen. No, because it's need tender. A tit to be erotic. <laughs> it is tender. <laughs> it's real. It's real cinema, unlike yeah. the the tawdry stuff you see these days. Mm, it yeah. does have a lot of freaks in it. Good. I like um, that. It, uh, it has Catherine Deneuve in it, uh, mm. who uh, my 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 friend uh, Morgan said when they watched Pedro George, he just like had to keep watching Catherine Deneuve in movies. She's mm. like a very like you know classically like classical blonde uh, actress. Does yeah. does she smoke in the movie? Blonde, you say? I'm sure she does. I'm sold. It's a- <laughs> me, and, me and Robin have been really getting into old French starlets recently. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you you love Catherine Deneuve. Like that's that's the most French. Yeah. Mm. Uh, French starlets, they're great. They're like, I love animals. Uh, I'm also a fascist. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> you gotta watch the movie uh, Donkey Skin, which is another like French movie with with Catherine Deneuve, which is like a musical, and mm. it's like based on this fairy tale about a king who. Wants to marry, promised his wife who died that he's gonna marry the most beautiful woman, yeah. uh, and that happens to be his own daughter. No. <laughs> so she has to like hide from him and like wear a donkey skin, 
and in the movie there's like a whole musical number where like this this older woman who is I think like the fairy or something like the fairy godmother role she has a whole musical number where she explains to her why it is bad for a daughter to marry her father <laughs> I love to put that in a musical number you need to get Lin-Manuel Miranda on like an English version hip hop version this is of this a, this is some house of the dragon shit you know I was gonna say this sounds like a, this Japanese ghost story that I read yeah. I did watch it what it's was good. it like it was good actually it was pretty oh. good it was like a regular TV show, you know? Like It was, it was like, like a, a well-made, like, competently put-together t- television episode. It was like a TV show that was good. And I was like, this is so much better than Game of Thrones was. <laughs> 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 I watched I watched that clip because Brooks... Because P-Got is back. Um, and Brooks posted uh, that clip post-Game of Thrones, the podcast. Brooks posted that <laughs> clip of when Tywin Lannister comes into the throne room and is like, we have won the battle. And I was watching it, I was like, was it really edited like this? Yep. The editing is insane. <laughs> it's so bad. We were, yeah. It's like, it's so strange. Why did they do that? It's like they decided to write a book by writing every third page instead of yeah. the whole thing. Because <laughs> yeah. they yeah. couldn't be bothered to do oh. it anymore. It's so Have you seen that scene where they dragged the, the like zombie hand to King's Landing that is in the desert? Yes. It's like that th- that scene is edited so bizarrely, like it's just like drags on for so long. It's like it it cuts to them showing the hand and then it cuts to Cersei being like <laughs> hmm? And then it cuts back to them like looking at the hand if it's gonna go off. It's it just like takes forever. <laughs> well they're building yeah, suspense. It's like a very funny one where Cersei's watching um, the giant chop wood and then the way it's edited is just like really, really strange. Like all the shots seem completely random and disconnected from each other. And I'm like, I can't believe this show won like so many Emmys. Well, it was subverting <laughs> your expectations. Like usually when you watch a prestige <laughs> TV show, you expect the editing to be competent. But uh... no, <laughs> I kept watching that other gift that Brooks posted of the... Uh, of when of when when baby. Danny and John are like making out. <laughs> oh my and then god! It's like when they're kissing. John is like looking like this, like with with his eyes looking to the side, and then the big drag. There's the like just like a dragon reaction shot. <laughs> <laughs> the dragon glaring at him as it kisses his mom. Like <laughs> dragon reaction. <laughs> it's so funny. So what an interesting dragon is good so far. It's like actually competently made, you know. It has got characters are wearing like their colors, and you know their sigils. Oh, like pretty, black. That sounds pretty gay. I don't know. And, uh, Matt Smith is wearing like a helmet that is that is like looks like a weird dragon head, which makes it's him look like, recognizable even when he's it. wearing his helmet. It's pretty like, sick. Yeah, <laughs> that's like a POV jousting shot. It's cool. Yeah, but the jousting is really like brutal and gross, and it's like meant to mean something, and it's cool. I think it's fun. I mean, it might be bad after the next episode. Um, but at the moment, it's pretty cool. I'm watching it and I'm nodding. Yeah, and we said when the watch started, we were like, "Yeah, this is good." But I think this one's actually might be good because when the watch, we were like, <laughs> really fighting like all, every battle in our minds at the same time. <laughs> really trying to make it good in, in our head, rotating an, an object 360 degrees to try and fit it into a slot that says this show is okay. Um, remember, remember when they made a whole episode that was just one battle and it was so dark you couldn't see anything. Vividly, it was great television. 
Do you remember when yeah. it was the long night, but actually it was the length of a normal night? <laughs> what if it was a yeah. short night? What if, what if it was a night? like, no, 20, 20 hours, maybe, maybe less. Mm-hmm. <laughs> remember when they like uh, sent out the Dothraki at first just so they can die? Like, <laughs> with no plan. Epic. What, while they were doing um, racist ululate, ululations? Mm. How do you even say that word? Ululations. ululations. Yeah. But weirdly, um, that episode was directed by the same guy who directed the pilot to House of the Dragon, which is why I believe it might be good, because if, like, the one director I was worried about, like, already got it out of the way, you know? Yeah, mm. I think the editing and the script writing is better, you know? Yeah. There's only so much you can do as a director when it's being written by two of the most empty brain men I also you've think, ever met like, in your entire life. He probably stopped caring, like, by the time he got to season eight. Yeah. Mm. Like, I don't think like anyone the rest put of us. in any effort into it. Like, people make fun of the Starbucks cup or whatever, but that's just, like... <laughs> that was very like, funny. <laughs> a symptom for, the for like, nobody giving a shit. Like, all the continuity people who would, like, make sure that there's no, like, Starbucks cups in the shot, you know? They were, yeah. like... They, they were, like, doing their, their job the same way I do my job, where it's, like... <laughs> do you remember <laughs> Unnamed Prince of Dawn? Yeah. <laughs> Do you remember how Gendry was like Warden of the West or fucking whatever? That was very funny. Okay. When Gendry like you remember, ran like, you across like a whole kingdom and back like faster than the dragon was flying. <laughs> yeah, do you remember when they got rid of um, Daenerys by just making him be like, oh, she's mad now. That's and women then they for did the you. Whole, then they did the whole Poochie, like Poochie from Itchy and Scratchy thing where they're like, Daenerys died on the return to her home planet. <laughs> yeah. Off into distance. She yeah, Tyrion stabbed. did a big speech about how uh, all the time when we did when she did epic stuff, that was actually no different than the evil stuff she did now. Mm-hmm. He was like, "Actually, we're going to show a montage that's been edited to make you think that that was actually foreshadowing rather than just meant to be epic at the time." Mm-hmm. Yeah, remember um, when we felt something straight, and then we were like, "Actually, we can wrap it up faster if we if this was if this was all sinister the whole time, despite his <laughs> intent he displaying his not." <laughs> remember when remember when George R. R. Martin was like, please do it in at least one more season. You can't do it like this. It doesn't make any sense. And they were like, no. <laughs> remember when he told them like from the start that Bran is gonna become king and their reaction to that was just like to drop him for a whole season. They didn't care about his arc, how he got there. He's just sitting in a chair. And then he said he has the most interesting story, which which was not interesting enough to like put in put actually into the show. We didn't see it, but it was probably cool off screen. Remember when the uh, they said the real Game of Thrones was the stories we told along the way. Yeah. Yeah. Remember when Tyrion gave that big speech that basically you could have ripped whole cloth out of a Patrick Rothfuss novel about how stories (laughs) are the most essential thing. Remember wow, they I wrote love, up? Do you know what's important? Writing. writing is cool. <laughs> As a writer, I, I think writing writer, is the so most important. That. Remember at the end where like Sam wrote up a whole chronicle like of what <laughs> happened and called it a song of ice and fire, and then Tyrion was like, "Oh, but am I in it? How many chapters did. Are, do I get?" And Sam said, "Oops, we forgot to put you in." But he killed Tywin. Like, that ball, was, but that everyone was, was so tired, and they didn't. No one cared. Mm-hmm. Sorry, briefly happened. Do you remember how Amelia Clark had like three strokes filming that series? Yeah, yeah. kind of weird. Oh yeah, pretty good. Yeah. What I did pretty think nice, was though. like pretty cool that, that they did on House of the Dragon is that they started with like a an opening text that said this takes place 173 so years before this and this happened, and ended with uh, 
and uh, the birth of Daenerys Targaryen. Dot, and then all the words faded out so that it only said, said 173 years before Daenerys. <laughs> <laughs> Please understand that this is related to the series A Game of Thrones. This happens before the show. Before Khaleesi. It's a prequel. <laughs> <laughs> Listen up, you fucking drooling rubes. <laughs> this is in the people past. Are, <laughs> people on Twitter are still like, yeah, I'm Rainy's Hive, or I'm, you know, Rhaenyra is gonna become queen or whatever, and she's gonna become girl boss. And it's like, Very you know funny. that this is a prequel, right? Like, you know that, you know, this Targaryen rule is going to end by the time the show begins. You know that they're all incest freaks? <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Well, they're doing it tenderly, I assume, which means it's good. <laughs> That's true. I can't wait for Rhaenyra to tenderly marry her own uncle. That's going to be girl boss. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, mean, I have to say it's very problematic of the show that they uh, they showed misogyny happening. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was watching this uh, like indie flick the other week called uh, Schindler's List. <laughs> and it had some really problematic characters in it. I thought it was I think bad. It really... <laughs> I can't believe a, a movie like that would depict suffering in any way. Kind of irresponsible, really. Uh, what if you just, like... I mean, I know uh, that it's like you just can do whatever and free speech and all, but I think you should just think before you put something like that on screen, mm. you know? Because it might be it might be upsetting for some people. Only some. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it might be upsetting for them, and therefore you shouldn't you shouldn't make a movie yeah. about that. Yeah, yeah, I watched, kind uh, of I watched an- another movie. I think, I think that the, the director of that movie is... Uh, is on watch because I watched another movie by him called uh, The Adventures of Tintin, and in that one, uh, w- one of the characters tried to fly a plane drunk. Like that's just really problematic to. Um... And we're meant to root I, for that I... character. Like, <laughs> come on. I know everyone enjoys like Ocean's Eleven, uh-huh. <laughs> but have you considered that what they're doing is actually a crime, which is illegal? They're stealing and from an probably, independent business. You probably it's shouldn't actually... put that on a, in a movie because people might think it's okay, especially when presented like so positive. To be fair, also, that movie did um, make me think. Don hi- Cheadle is doing Brit face, and that's really problematic. <laughs> I think pretending to be British when you're not British is maybe the worst thing you could possibly do. Just like what Harry Styles is doing <laughs> in that movie. <laughs> that man is from Arizona. <laughs> Where is... Okay. It's so funny because he... Like him saying, oh, well, it's because my accent's different now. Like I'm from the North, but I've lived in London and I've lived in the States. So my accent's confusing. And it is like, okay, but you're not... You're acting in this scene. Like... Like, yeah, like you're, me- you're meant to be like a character who has an accent from where they're supposed to be from. It's not you're not playing Harry Styles' fucked up accent. What are you doing? <laughs> uh, have you considered it's pretty um, problematic to ask him to do that emotional labor, like to pretend <laughs> yes. to be someone else? I mean, sort of true. I mean, yeah, that's why I want to ban acting. I think we should ban acting. I think this yeah. is the next. They're all liars. The rehears- I don't trust the rehearsal. Them. The rehearsal is about how you should ban child actors, and I, for one, have been saying this for years, so I'm on board. Hmm, that's another very cancelable show. Um, <laughs> I don't think it's that bad. Everyone keeps being like, oh, <laughs> "I don't think I know, ja- honestly, like <laughs> jail for Nathan." This is like the most fucked up thing you can do, but this is like way milder than any other reality TV show. The only thing right. that makes it the only thing that makes it seem like, bad is that you can actually see the effects of the reality to, TV show on the people. Which yeah, is not just to like, like suddenly like switch into like real and serious <laughs> mode, but like some of the discourse around the around the rehearsal is so funny. Like people are like, he actually ruined the child for real. Like, like you that know child that, will be fine. You know that he put like 
you know that Nathan, the actual, like, the director of all the episodes, right? He won't put, like, any stuff that is actually incriminating against him, like, on TV. Like, <laughs> you know, if he had actually, like, fucked up a child, he would, like, okay, let's scrap this footage. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> look, I, I, look, when I'm, when I'm sat in my lovely warm cave, and it's nice, nice and, uh, <laughs> Some of the shadows on that wall, they're doing some fucked up shit, and I'm not okay with it. I think the problem is that the shadows on the cave keep, like, fucking, and they're not doing it tenderly enough. Mm. And I think that in the future, the shadows should just, like, make love tenderly, and then that would be better. I trust we're all super excited for the Harry Styles cop movie, right? Harry Styles? I don't... (laughs) It's almost as exciting as... uh... It is about, yeah, yeah, him being a... Not the one... So it's a different movie from the Different one where the he's yeah. he's playing yeah, yeah. against Florence Pugh <laughs> but he is the, the comments he oh, made about the wife. gay love not being tender enough was in response to people asking him questions about his new movie about a gay policeman in London so I, I trust we're all really thrilled for this do you remember when the police boycotted Pride because <laughs> they said they weren't getting like treated kindly enough and they weren't allowed to wear their uniforms that was the funniest thing that I think has ever happened it was it it's was like, sure don't turn up I'm so mad <laughs> yeah <laughs> I love it it's a representation we need more gay cops there is there is apparently like some like in the in the other movie where he's where he's doing the accent there's like some really fucked up lore about it that they just learned about like oh the Shia LaBeouf stuff yeah, 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 because he was, like, originally that role was supposed to be played by Shia LaBeouf, uh, but he, the official story is that, or, like, apparently Florence Pugh didn't want him to be there because he has done crimes, like, he's a bad guy. Reasonably, reasonable And then there's, like, some run. footage of, like, Olivia Wilde, the director of the movie, like, sending a video to Shia LaBeouf while driving... Like, she's driving a car, and while driving a car, she showed the video so where, like, maybe we can get you back uh, if uh, if Miss Flo agrees to it. Like, she's just being so weird. So he's, she said, like, this will be a lesson for Miss Flo. It's yeah, like, yeah, what yeah. the fuck are you saying? And then she started fucking Harry Styles, because apparently it's like they didn't even date before, like, they started making the movie. Yeah, she was, I think, technically married at the time, wasn't she? Like, wasn't that a thing? So juicy. She's so, I love celebrity she's so, gossip. She's so crazy. Yeah, me too. I love to watch these little monsters uh, just, like, fuck around for my own amusement. Um, yeah. I'm glad that this is society. <laughs> Look, I, love, I love that we've managed to create a sort of class of aristocracy that's based entirely on, like, oh, it's their based. media production. <laughs> Yeah, uh, it's based on like exposure, right? They're much, much, uh, yeah, exposure, uh, and their like ability to work within the media production system, and mm. it is bad. Yes, I couldn't think yes. of any jokes about that. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, we don't want jokes on this podcast this is a serious meter analysis podcast mm-hmm. and if you Although, want jokes you should go to a stand-up comedy evening <laughs> no, that's, okay, yeah. that's one of the worst places to get jokes what are you talking about they have a very fun contest where they come up with the best one-liner every year that's so that sounds so fun they're always very fun but that's very funny one-liner i don't even know her um <laughs> <laughs> one-liner <laughs> okay. every comedian we- in the bathroom 
Hey. <laughs> just one. Um, you sure? Just one for, for, <laughs> for all these English anymore. comedians. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of lines, that, you know. Speaking of lines, speaking should of we lines, get into the, yeah, in the episode? It's like been twenty minutes. Um, speaking of media, I couldn't offer them a better education if they were my own. Give me a week and I'll train them to be like an army that's marching to war. Proud of themselves and so grateful to me. They'll be begging to pay even more When there's dirt on our shoes, boys, for God's sake, relax Why throw them out? All we need is some wax Listen well to these barbershop lessons For they'll see you through When you're stuck in the muck, you'll be fine You'll erase any trace of decline With a trim and a snip and a shine And the power of the press, yes once again it's my Speaking of journalism. <laughs> um, hello and welcome back to Who Watches the Watch, a Discworld reread slash watch podcast uh, hosted by four people who are taking down everything you say with medium accuracy. Um, I'm your host, Chaz, and this is In Good Wood. That's what I say when I'm sucking dick. Okay. <laughs> yeah, nice. I'm, I'm your host, uh, Robin, and I have the funniest vegetables you've ever do- ever seen. You've ever ing seen. <laughs> there we go. I'm your host, Janos, and uh, actually last last episode uh, I was replaced by someone who looks and sounds exactly like me. So. <laughs> Any Anything Ooh. problematic I would have said, uh, I don't endorse that. But if they said anything anything smart, that was because I told them that. So, mm-hmm. What about when you stabbed George? <laughs> that, was, uh, that was actually just because it was framed like that, but if you zoom out it says it's media and it was... <laughs> <laughs> that's that a big issue. red circle <laughs> <laughs> yeah my yeah i really gotta stop wearing those winkle peckers you know <laughs> <laughs> so confusing <laughs> uh um yeah my name's george uh i'm your host and welcome to the only podcast to be uh conclusively linked to the assassination of dario dugina mm-hmm. great stuff <laughs> you're welcome <laughs> that was a real uh, thinker. Uh, <laughs> people all over the world are thinking right now. Um, yeah, welcome back. Uh, we finished a book today. I believe all of us did. Uh, and the book is called The Truth. So now we know what the truth is. Uh, it's impossible for us to lie. We've learned a lot about the aristocracy and how maybe you should embrace the fact that you're a that you're a aristro that you're, that you're kind of a fucked up dude that you're who a loves to be a, a bit crazy that everyone hates you. And it's, isn't it kind of fun though? It's isn't about it becoming of, a British journalist. You've got a you've got aristocratic connections you don't want to talk about. You're a real sicko, and you you have class solidarity when it really comes down to it. Yeah. Uh-huh. William DeWare goes through like the columnist um inf- columnistification beam and just becomes more columnist as the <laughs> Yeah, I thought the postscript where he started talking about trans people was weird, but you know yeah. it was accurate, so I can't begin. Film version and he's just played by Charles Corrin. <laughs> My god. <laughs> <laughs> That's unfair. Uh, William DeWitt does have at least have some talent, and Giles Corrin <laughs> does not. 
William DeWood does write about things that aren't just, I stayed in a really nice hotel and really liked it. Also, uh, my daughter's really hot and she's a child. <laughs> my daughter's so sexy. Yeah. God, um, yeah. It was very romantic. It's so fucking weird. It's very tender um, the way he talks about her, though, so I think... It's actually very tender rather than aggressive, so it's fine. Um, no, I'm not going down anywhere from that. Okay, away we're, from we're that. reached a dead end on this particular bit, so let's like yeah. zoom out again. Uh, the truth. Yeah, None what did we think? I I really liked it. I I mean, we, You're not sure what the message was? Yeah, I mean, we're right about the columnification beam because... Like it, it's really, it's a really good mystery. It's really involving. It's very intriguing. Um, I wish that at the end of the book he hadn't been like, actually, because he's my dad, I will not put his name in the paper to save my family's reputation. I think we're supposed to interpret that as not being a good act. Like, I think he does say maybe this isn't the right thing. I think this is Terry saying William's yeah, not I think really so. Great. Yeah, he's not okay. a great person. Because that's that's, well, that's I the think take it's I came away with. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you want your media to provide is, moral instruction is, for you. <laughs> this is Terry's like analysis of UK journalism. I think, and I and think it's pretty quite cool. good. I think it's pretty dark, right? Like, it's, yeah. yes. Uh, one of our one of our listeners uh, posted something in in our Discord about like about the last book, Fifth Elephant, uh, and you know just just paraphrasing, but uh, yeah, this is good. Yeah, yeah, I, I I might I might actually read this. this yeah, it was from, good. It was a good uh, point from our friend Anne, who said I finally got around to the last Fifth Elephant episode, and I don't think anyone touched on it, but right after the climax. It was one of my favorite pieces of Terry's weird little bits of cynicism. Like, Vimes is knocked unconscious after saving the Low King from an assassination attempt. He gets locked in a dungeon. Someone clearly tries to set him up for murder. He almost dies escaping the jail. He gets caught by Wolfgang. He probably has a heart attack in some capacity. He kills a few werewolves with his bare hands. He manages to defy death and make it all the way back to civilization. Rescues his pregnant wife from the Uberwald estate. Watches Wolfgang almost kill one of his closest friends. Ends up officially becoming a murderer by killing a man for the first time. And after that, all of it, all of it was automatically so Sybil could hash out the fat trade with the Low King. Like, yeah. that's what all the suffering on Vine's part was for. Yeah, um, it was about the fat trade. And I, I, think, I think this is a good point that we're, like, hitting a point in... And I don't know when it started, like, really sneaking into these books. But we're getting to, to, to a point of, like, where where Terry starts getting, like, becoming, like, not very, like, hopeful or not very, like, optimistic about, like, <laughs> the state of the world. Like, it's just... Yeah. It just starts going into, like, a like more, like, a dark, cynical direction. Uh, and I, I, I felt like the ending of this book was that. Like, it, it comes to a point where, like, William... is at the confrontation of his father... With, with his father. And it's a real... I, I, I said this in the Discord. It's a real like Tyrion and uh, Tywin moment. <laughs> yeah. But, but, uh, in the end, he does become like instead of being like in the end, he he does become like the Joker. In the, the he becomes <laughs> Judas in his mind. Well, it's the whole thing, right? Like the whole thing about William is that he goes through the whole book being like, "I will never lie. I will. I am not a truth. man who lies. I will tell the truth, even if I even if it's like a white lie. I'm not gonna really." 
I'm going to avoid it as much as possible because my dad always punished me for lying. Um, and then in the end, he's like, oh, my dad's a fucking liar. Uh, and apparently nothing matters. Um, and it just sort of destroys his entire brain. <laughs> and he's like, from here on in, I'm going to do what I want to do because why the fuck not? Uh, I'm going to tell the truth in my newspaper, but also like, you know, I can spin it however I want because ultimately I'm in control. Um, and it's going to it's gonna be great. And I should be mean now rather than spending my life being like sort of sad boy. And it is bad that he does that <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah but at the same time isn't it kind of epic <laughs> <laughs> it is it is very i mean you're, you're right it is very like the 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 case of british journalists it, it, yeah you know it's it's very i did like when he went sicko mode at the breakfast table <laughs> it was great <laughs> <laughs> yeah that was fun <laughs> yeah it's grabbing i think there is um there's like an element of it where it is better because like it's not literally lying but he's also no longer not saying things when he has the impulse to say them that he was like too much of a coward to say beforehand mm. yes um, i mean lying by omission or like a sort of yeah class matter is is very much something that journalism practices yeah mm. just think about um all the all the stuff about Nick Cohen that's been going on recently. Yeah, and he's still yeah. got a job. Like you can just yep. be as much of a lech as you want. I, I, yeah, you know, you can it, for, harass for a bigger as much example, as you want, the Guardian at, won't do anything. Yeah, I mean, for a bigger example, you can look at someone like Jimmy Savile, like mm-hmm. who was. Oh yeah, everyone, everyone knew. knew. And you know that, and it's it it is very much a British tradition in terms of the aristocracy, but that goes across journalism internationally. Like yeah. it's the same yeah. with oh, yeah, yeah. Kevin Spacey and but Harvey it's, Weinstein, it's, it's, and everybody knows but you can't say yeah. anything. But it's especially, um, like, it's something extremely specific to British journalism that they touched on a lot during the um, Trojan Horse yes. uh, yep. podcast. Oh, yeah. Uh, where they talked about how, like, even compared to, like, American journalism, where you can, you have more access to, like, information and you have more freedom of information and it's easier to get stuff. Here, so much journalism is based entirely on access. Yeah. And anything you do to jeopardize that access can potentially destroy your career as a journalist to the point where, like, so much of our news is just really fucked. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it, and to it's... express these things until recently, relatively recently, to express ideas like this would have you laughed at. You would be mm. talked to as a, as being a conspiracy theorist, like a crank. Yeah. And now, now it's starting to become more and more fractured. The, what, the new BBC the Emily stuff. stuff yes oh the God. news night this host, this week yeah who um you know was very much one of the people who took part very much in the monstering of corbyn and the, the, the shutting down of that political project as something illegitimate uh and is now coming out and being like oh uh turns out the tories are in control of the bbc pretty much and tell them what to write <laughs> <laughs> it's like yeah <laughs> they were when you we were know. there as well they always that have was been you. Do you remember when fucking Laura Koonsberg would just come out with shit that, like, some guy texted her? <laughs> That's all of them. It's, like, Laura Koonsberg, it's, Robert Peston, uh, Mateless as well. Yeah. Uh, it's so The cool. picture of Jeremy Corbyn, like, stood in front of the Kremlin with, like, yeah, a... Yeah, wearing, like, a Russian... Like a Russian hat. Wearing, like, a Yushanka. It's... <laughs> it's, like... It's beyond parody. I mean, there is stuff, like, in this... Because it, it's supposed to be a sort of... In a way, it's supposed to be kind of triumphant, but it's very... 
interesting when you think about it, which is stuff where William put stuff in the newspaper about how, like, the watch solved the crime. Yeah. Because he knows it will get him political points with yeah. Vimes. <laughs> which is like, you know, protecting the police. <laughs> Who didn't when do you, anything. When you actually think about it, right? Who didn't do anything and, in fact, Who did have him followed and then tried to arrest yeah, him yeah. about it. Mm. Yeah. But then he also actively impeded their investigation by doing so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're all like protecting each other, which is just, you know, yeah. that's the media class and the police. It's pretty good summation of that sort of stuff. Because it's presented as a good thing because we, you know, it's good that Federnari wasn't framed and then forced out of office. But like is but, it like, good? It, like it's good, but well, at the same time, right? Like at the end we see Veterinary and like we see this like little confrontation at the end between uh, So funny. Between Veterinary and the word and it's it it just I don't know, it, it's it has the same thing with uh with you know the watch with the early watch books where like uh well they 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 won and then like they keep like adding new people and it keeps like spinning out of control right and yeah. you know it starts getting bigger and it has the same thing where like new people get added to the newspaper and including like this old woman this, this <laughs> that lady who really thinks that prison <laughs> needs to be whipped if they make any noise like, real british brain in that one <laughs> <laughs> and it has this like there's there's at the end there's like a I, I don't know what the exact phrasing is, but it's like very clearly like presenting the the printing press as like we've created a monster. Yeah, they call yeah. it. Yeah. A he calls it a vampire. Yeah, <laughs> like it needs it's like a feeding. thing that needs to be fed all the time. Yeah, and he has this urge to just keep keep feeding it. It's like when it when everything um sets on fire, um and it's all destroyed, but they're both like, oh, we could start magazines. <laughs> <laughs> like they're in a sort of like denial that it's all over and they sort of still need to be there and still kind of want it even though it's it's all been destroyed i did really like the scene where the press gets destroyed and then like you have pin and tulip in the basement underneath who are sort of so oh, really dying things. but you have and like as part of the sort of monster metaphor of the press you have the hot lead like blood mm-hmm. dripping from the machine and killing them both it it's very good it's real sick shit. Yeah. Um, some real sick shit in this one, Terry. <laughs> some real the way like Pin and Tulip go out. Oh my god. Like we're just sort of talking about this, like I don't think we need to do a summary really. We can just talk about stuff. Um mm. but like yeah, the whole bit of Pin and Tulip both like having like Pin getting the dark light stuff. Uh, shone at him and now he's being suddenly tormented by all the people that he's killed or like maimed is so like fucking great because he just goes crazy like immediately and Tulip it keeps bouncing off his brain and we hear it's because of he's like good at deleting memories because of his really like weird childhood in some sort of Eastern European village with like <laughs> there was wood and candles and secrets and like soldiers coming and blood seeping under doors and stuff and it's like really Really something. He's sort of um, not conscious for most of his life, I think it's sort of implied, isn't it? Yeah. It's quite I mean, powerful. this explains why he loves drugs that aren't drugs. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what you yeah, said. so and good then, at, like, portraying someone losing their grip on reality, like... Yeah. He does a lot, doesn't he? He does, yeah. he does it a bunch. <laughs> I don't know where it yeah. comes from, but it is great. Yeah, Pin and Tulip, and, like, they, they need to get the money, and then they end up going back to the press which is, it really fits together really well because it's the whole thing about like uh william pissing off vimes by 
hitting a hitting Angua with a stink bomb, and then that means that there's no one watching the um, there's no one watching the newspaper anymore from the watch, and so they manage to get in. And then like Pin shooting Tulip with a crossbow because he can then stand on him when all the leg comes down, and the whole thing with the potato, where he's like, "You doesn't matter what happens when you're alive as long as you got your potato." <laughs> <laughs> That's so sick. And the death shit in this is so like the yeah the the crazy. way that sort of Tulip talks about the way he was grown up and said like, "Oh, if you have a potato on you when you die and you're sorry for everything you've done, it's all going to be fine," and he dies. And Death has this great conversation with him where he's like, are you sorry? Um, yeah. And he has to watch everything, all the lives that he's shortened basically mm. until he is, <laughs> at which point there's, he yeah. can a, be reincarnated. There's a great, great line where like uh, when, when Tulip dies, which by even the way Tulip dies is just so, it's so good. Like it's just pin killing him so he can have his potato. And stand on yeah. his body. <laughs> yeah. Because if you have the potato, it's fine. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and you know, when he dies, he's like, so is this the part where uh, my entire life flashes in front of me and death is like, no, that was your life until now. <laughs> no, you've had yeah, that. He, 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 this is a classic Terry thing. He says this a lot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he's very, cla- he's like, I'm proud of this one. That's good. Um. And the, the the reincarnations for the pair of them as well, because Pin has has chosen mm. this like potato apology religion um, in his last mm-hmm. moments, and he has the potato. He wants to get out of jail card. Yeah. He doesn't actually want to like repent of anything. Exactly. Right? And Death asks mm. him, "Are you sorry?" And he's like, "Yeah, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm really sorry, really sorry. Let's let's <laughs> let's carry on." And he's also like insane still. And, and yeah he's dead and still insane. yeah <laughs> and and he gets reincarnated into a potato <laughs> and it's also he keeps being like oh i wasn't born to fry um and, and then at the end they're like oh he's a funny shaped potato and it's like a screaming face he's like oh, i'm gonna turn it into chips <laughs> let it fry let it fry. It's sicko shit. Thank you, Terry. Sicko shit, Terry. <laughs> the, bit, the, the bit before the 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 way the funny vegetables theme gets gets its punchline <laughs> is so funny. I know. Like my my when when like the the press is burning down, and you know in all this chaos, there's this sicko. And he's holding up a potato, and William the Word, who is like, is already panicking. It's like there's a line that that's something like, uh, seeing the potato is just one thing he could think of, and then he says, uh, "It's not very funny." <laughs> yeah, it's like, this isn't a funny potato. This is an existentially terrifying potato. <laughs> he's right. <laughs> It's it's so good. It's one of those moments where you're just like, this is the mark of like a truly fantastic author. Like you have this theme come back up that has, you know, been used for exclusively comedy up until then. Like, oh, how funny vegetables. We do love putting that in newspapers in the UK, don't we? And then just to have it come back in that particular way is... is <laughs> yeah, it, it is like... It's beautiful. <laughs> I, I always remember this one um, 
I mean, I remember most of them. I've read them all so many fucking times. But um, I always remember. You were right, Terry. (laughs) I was just being like, "Damn, that one was like kind of weird, like kind (laughs) of wild, in a very in a very specific way." That I think, like we mentioned before, um, that after this one, I think the books get a lot darker because it's post nine (laughs) eleven. This book predicted uh, nine eleven. This book did predict nine eleven. But there is like. I think this one is very weird in a way that isn't really replicated by any of the later ones. And I can't Mm. quite put my finger on what it is about it that makes it so strange. I think it's that you're not, I don't know, maybe it's that the the protagonist is so sort of unlikable. Mm. Yeah. Um, And the ending's so cynical. And like the endings are like quite frequently cynical. Um, like I mean, like the whole end of Guards Guards was just like, wow, people will do anything if they yeah. think there's a king. Isn't that kind of fucked up? <laughs> yeah, but usually it's like cynical in like a in like a like macro a sense, way. right? But it, like yeah. it, it, the wider wider implications to the world are cynical. But like the char- at least our protagonists get like their good endings. Yeah, it's yeah. it's rare that it Terry is- has a protagonist who like their character arc is to become. Yeah, worse. Like, worse. like self-actualize, I suppose, but into a worse person. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like becoming specifically what he didn't want to become. Yeah, yeah, but like in a different direction, I guess. Um, but yeah, it's like it is crazy. It's like this weird embrace of his shitty family, but like in a very specific, different way. Was it? There's such a funny thing about him talking about how. Um, when he was at school, he used to be good at fencing because the other kids would just like run at you with a sword, and then if you if you dodge the first <laughs> shot, then you could pretty much win. I don't know. There's a, there's a whole thing about him like going to get the sword from his chest and then deciding against it. And I always saw it as like, ah, oh, he's choosing the pen rather than the sword. But then like he's still using it in the same way. Like when he's talking to Venonara, and he's like, well, it's in the word blood. I'm just gonna charge straight in and see what happens to me. <laughs> And it's like a very clear like embracing of his aristocracy. It's like what he said, it's a really good line about privilege. Where he's like, privilege means not having to obey laws or like having your own set of invisible Private laws. Private law. Yeah. Yeah. This book taught me what privilege meant, both the etymology and like <laughs> And that really stuck in my head when I read it as a, a teen, younger younger teen. And I was like, Oh damn, yeah. that's what that means. It's fantastic. And, yeah, I think I think the, I think uh, the reason I I mean the, the reason that I said initially that I I wish he hadn't done this is because like instinctively I just wish he hadn't done it. I'm you don't like it. Yeah. I don't like I don't like I when don't people like are aristocrats. It. it makes me uncomfortable. <laughs> you know, it, and it is very well done. It it's yeah, it's just very, it's quite rare to see someone. In, I don't know. I want to embrace the darkness as part of their like <laughs> character arc. Like at the end, he just decides that he's going to use it to his own advantage. Yeah, and it's so funny the end of this book where he's like, "Oh, I need to." Me and Saskarissa, we're going to have like two hours off or whatever, and go to a restaurant, and it will be normal. <laughs> and then um, there's like a. Uh, a cart crash where it nearly runs over an old woman and then Carrot saves the day and like grabs the woman and then the beer barrels go rolling down the street and um, William's like oh isn't it kind of fucked up that rather than trying to save the old woman I was immediately yeah. like gotta get my notebook out <laughs> <laughs> and Saskaris is like I oh, don't know I guess that's who we are <laughs> we're both freaks 
Yeah. And she's like, you know, you can be a hero too. And he's like, oh, can I? And she's like, sure, why not? Yeah. <laughs> <For today." laughs> um, it's just, yeah, it's very like triumphant in a very like cynical and very funny way where it's like these guys are they're just sort of fucked up now um they're yeah, journalists they, baby they become weird parasites yeah, yeah. yeah. and that's yeah, a bad just... thing <laughs> there's a thing all the way through of people being like why are you doing this and he's like people want to know um <laughs> <laughs> uh, <and laughs> like what like people like the people on the street and he's like no the public you know the general public the public and veterinary's <laughs> like i know that's different to like people he's like yeah don't worry about it <laughs> I, I, I do wonder if terry like hated his job when he was a journalist it like... sounds like it <laughs> i mean he definitely didn't respect it i yeah. think because um... it doesn't have like in, in the guards books we talked about this a lot about like the propaganda aspect about how like mm. he tries to like portray like police as like this necessary good institution yeah. and this one lacks that completely like with uh you know when whenever vimes is like uh you know doing the copper thing or whatever and that's portray is noble and this one he's doing the journalist thing of like taking out the notepad instead of like mm. instead of like trying to save the day and that's like you know very clearly not uh there's definitely bits in um in terry's essays mm-hmm. where he talks a lot about journalism and it's been a little while since i read them so i might not be 100 percent accurate but he says something about like how he used to have to hang around outside courtrooms or like in courtrooms when things happened and how he'd just like be this weird guy like trying to take down information from people who'd like experienced tragedies yeah and like he, he he has a bit he's so i said this before there's a thing about his essays where he just comes across as like so mean in them <laughs> in a very in a very specific way that I actually found kind of like crazy when I read them. But I think he, he talks about sometimes when he talks to other journalists who are interviewing him and like asks them if they know like the libel defenses. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I don't believe you're a real journalist unless you can t- like, tell me like the five libel defenses. <laughs> I, if otherwise I'm like, you're not a real journalist. <laughs> and I, I think he is like extremely affected by his time doing that because he started when he was like 16. Mm. Um, and then he's like, he always says that he saw his first body then, um, while he was doing that job. And yeah, it's, it's kind of crazy. It is crazy, but you can definitely see how strongly he understands what it is in this book. Like maybe more than any other thing he's yeah. ever talked about. I think he really like gets journalism yeah. <laughs> in a, in a very dark and sometimes quite horrible way. And I think maybe that's why this one feels different to the other books in a way. Yeah, I am just mm. surprised because, like, the way people talk about this book, like, that's that's not how it came across. Like, whenever there's uh, there's you know where to start with Discworld recommendation threads, there's not like here's a deeply cynical take on what it means to be a journalist. <laughs> <laughs> it's always like here's a, here's the story about the inventing of the ju- of the newspaper. It it's sort of mm-hmm. and it is like it is that, but it, it's. It's it's just so much more, and I do I do think his voice comes across really strongly in it. Mm. And it's funny because Vimes, in his like idealized policeman way, is like, "Give me the names," and Williams like, "No, I don't think I will. <laughs> I don't want to." <laughs> <laughs> I'm just not gonna. I think I think a good like 
the the other like he has be- become become the Judas in his mind part is like when he <laughs> when he's like no actually the fucked up zombie lawyer is not working for me <laughs> yeah yeah he just blackmails him without even saying that he's blackmailing him yeah i mean that's kind of a vimes move i don't know it feels like a little bit like vimesy but yeah the the it's it's so great the mr slam bit where he he like keeps getting more and more out of him because he knows that he knows that he has a record <laughs> of him being like like hiring murderers um that is really great and i love uh, that mr slant comes back quite a lot yeah hmm. yeah so i think that was really good i love the repeated motif of sascarissa being fucking stat yeah what if, what if a woman had fucking massive bazonkas <laughs> this is so, it's funny because this this whole book is like oh it's so different to terry's other work but he's like oh, listen i'm still <laughs> she's got huge she's, bazongas she's got the tits all right <laughs> Do you know what? Sure it's, what it's, it's funny because it's like she's got huge tits. That's what do you know what like. though? Yeah. It is okay. So not to get like too into um, the other podcast that Janos and I do, the book about <laughs> now the the name of the wind sequel, Wise Man's Fear. But that book is incredibly also about bad women. Yeah, first of all that, <laughs> but it's also very much about like women's bazongas um, yeah. near constantly. And it. All right, I'm. I'm. I might read this. <laughs> <laughs> Do not. Do I would that. like to know, <laughs> but it's, um, it's how very... is Babby formed? <laughs> it is extremely interesting in the different way that I perceive this book doing it, and yeah. Patrick's book doing it because even though it kind of is mentioned a lot in this, and I'm trying to be fair because I'm trying to think: Am I just saying this because it's a Terry Pratchett book? Because <laughs> we like Terry, and we, and like, we don't Terry. like Patrick Rutherford. But it doesn't. It does. <laughs> It doesn't feel objectifying because she's still a character and she still has her own wants and her own needs and an internal life. And I mean, it's almost just a joke. It's just a chuckle. Whereas in in Name of the Wind, uh, everyone's favorite book, not Name of the Wind, um, (laughs) Name of the Wife Man's Fear is is like simply the author. I, I think that I think the difference is that the way Patrick writes about women is always this like very Reddit milady voice, right? Yes. Like it's <laughs> it's it's uh, extremely. Uh, you are the most beautiful woman I have ever seen. Uh, I have ever had the pleasure to lay my eyes on you. And if oh, I could, you make my dick and so if I could see you <laughs> naked just once, I would like give away I, all of I, my I possessions. That is almost like verbally, like in yeah. this sentence in it. Like I'm not exaggerating. Yeah. <laughs> what if what if um, a woman was the Hobbit and the Hobbit, and then she became a sex worker online, yeah. and then that was whereas really in, hot, that, that comes back. By the way, listen to uh, listen to that podcast when it comes out because that first killer that will come back the, the Hobbit story. But like. I think the way <laughs> can't get away from it. I don't know the way the way the way Terry writes about huge bohonkers is like kind of the joke is always just like the other characters' reactions to it. Like it's always yeah. this, it's always this cartoonish like Awuga eyes thing. It's it's very like um, Carry On movies. More mm. than it yeah. is like it's British humor. It, yeah, yeah, it's 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 more of like a sort it's... of practical joke than it Terry... is an objectifying <laughs> moment. 
I think Terry in this one respects it's, again, women, it's more but he like... also grew up in the seventies, and he's like, oh, big tits. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's also like it tends to be people reacting to Sascaris's just like in a sort of vague way where yeah. it's just like a very noticeable thing about her that they're just like kind of distracted by. And I think that's the joke more than being like, she's just a tit lady because her character is like very much really not, not that. Lady. Like she's very dry and like kind of instantly journalist lady cynical. Yeah, and kind um, of like um, <laughs> really like kind of kind of fucked up beneath the sort of yeah, like kind of, kind of respectable kind of <laughs> even william is like it's kind of scary how like <laughs> the, the, how much you can just like twist language into like whatever it needs to fit that form which i'm sure is something that terry experienced in his like yeah. work as a journalist that's that, yeah yeah, yeah. She just like thinks in headlines. Like she instantly in her head can like visualize how it looks on a page, and it's like this is the words we should use. What if it was plucky dog saves day in this particular, in this particular format? And William's like, what the fuck is wrong? With <laughs> and it's really great. It's this recurring thing about her, about, uh, her wanting to call veterinary city boss. <laughs> yeah, the yeah. real scary so journalistic language. Yeah, it's so journalist. It's like you gotta stop doing this. It's freaking me out. So when they start um, using words like fracker, yeah, um, rumpus or boffin, um, that's the one I hate. I that hate the British the press word uses boffin. boffin. It's just like a like a horrible weird clever sort of people Britishy tweeness that makes me feel insane. Um, yeah, the bit with the review, with the when it turned well, about about the doppelganger where it was like the bogus veterinary. The bogus veterinary. <laughs> that was pretty good. They were like, good word, great word, dastardly. That's exactly um, the word. Yeah, there's a, there's a thing also about Zestris, so we're like, Jesus <coughs> Christ. There's a, there's, a, there's a thing about Zestrissa, uh where she's constantly like, obviously she is like kind of hot and she's got big boobs. Um, but part Sorry? of this is like she keeps talking to men who are like just telling her stuff because she's kind of hot and they're like oh yeah I know that this is going to happen it's going to be Mr. Scrope who's the next um, patrician or oh yeah I'll let you do this you know if you want and she's just like I don't know just the way it's very matter of fact is extremely funny I mean she's <laughs> only ever using it just to like her own journalistic advantage like it she's kind of yeah. made her own piece with it which is which is also she has some sense of awareness about her own um attractiveness whereas she knows she's hot yeah exactly whereas the women in patrick's books are like huh yeah, she, okay, yeah they, very, they don't they don't know they're beautiful and that's what makes them beautiful that's <laughs> a, a very you funny bit where like um She's like, oh, I'm going to get one of William's sister's dresses. And William's like, yeah, and you could probably find someone to fix your hair. And she's like, wow, you really have a way with the words. <laughs> <laughs> He's such a bitch. They he both really are. Is. He is such a dickhead. It's so funny when he like, because he, he like goes into a spirit coma and emerges a different guy when he hears the quote from his dad on the on the remembering thing, the uh, disorganizer. Mm. Um, there's a great bit where Otto basically saves him from being forcibly supported by his dad. He's <laughs> um, like, well, I need an XXX. You can probably make a fortune. Um, and then Otto like saves him and Otto's like, damn, uh, 
Uh, how does it go? He's like, ah, oh, arrogant, self-centered dickhead. And Otto's like, but you have many good points. <laughs> <laughs> and, then he's, and then he's like, oh, I didn't even say sorry. And Otto's like, yes, but you remembered that you didn't say sorry. Um, it's very, yeah. It is very funny how he's become, he, like, he is all the way through, like, kind of an asshole. Um, but like trying really hard not to be and at the end he's still sort of trying not to be but he is an asshole now mm-hmm. and he's sort of embraced yeah. that and there's like moments where he's like oh well I guess I'm becoming the asshole who cares <laughs> reddit slash am I the asshole <laughs> yes uh, I let my dad go after he did multiple like paid murders because uh, he was my dad am I the asshole <laughs> I stabbed yes. a crazed assassin holding a potato with a with oh a le- God, with, with a receipt spike. spike. Am I the asshole? <laughs> I mean, that one was not his fault. No, that was that was perfectly fine. That was kind of fucked up. Like he never really dwells on this either. Like obviously it was in self defense, <laughs> but isn't it crazy that he like killed yeah. a man? <laughs> yeah, and he's sort of Yay. just like yeah. That well, that just happened. I don't know. Not even that because he doesn't super react to it. Look, they don't undercut the moment with uh, attempts at levity. Yeah. No. They're just like, oh shit, okay, uh, let's keep going. Yeah. <laughs> let's steal all of his didn't... things. <laughs> yeah, these, jewel- these jewels are mine now. <laughs> also the dwarves. I love the dwarves in this bit as well. They mm. don't have like a huge role, but they're always doing stuff like, um, go- like when they're going through the underground bit and they steal the press from the other... From the other newspaper, the Inquirer, and they find out that Dibbler's the one who's making up all the headlines. <laughs> so good. That's so funny. It's like the yeah, the fake news he makes up is this bad sausages of news or whatever. Like <laughs> people want to eat it even though they know it's, it's the horrible junk food of the news world. Yeah. 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 Dibbler writing for the mm. sun. Which is an apt description, yeah. like, you know, the cause cause like you see like a newspaper like the sun or whatever and like we in Germany have the Bild, which is a German variant mm-hmm. of that, and there is like this kind Rain of, of snobbish in, attitude uh, of bad Neuschwanstein. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there is a there is there is this like snobbish attitude of like some middle class uh, or like you know type of people who are like who reads this type of junk such as the Bild. Like it's so bad quality and it's very obviously but when that's like very obviously the appeal. That mm-hmm. it is like bad yeah. quality, yeah. right? Like, yeah, and it's just it's, easy to. If you read. don't understand that, like, I think you know. it's I think it's a little different with something like the sun because I think any any contempt that people have for the sun in general comes from its political yeah. ideology. Um, there and is, it is definitely it is a like class trash. aspect to that. Yeah. I mean, it was that was always. It like is also a bit, trash. Like, yeah, oh, the, yeah. Sun, the sun used to have like it used to have naked ladies in each edition. Yep. Page yeah, page three. Um, like when women were allowed three. to have big bazonkas before the woke left. Yeah. Yeah. said they so had to cover up. Same on the build. Like they also had, used to have like you used to be able. You used to be like go into like these little stores, and mm. someone would have just like the page three girl up. Like the 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 like the like store clerk would just like have. 
a naked lady like on the background very clearly. From I don't the think build. they should have gotten rid of it. I think they should have just had like a naked lady and also a guy's huge dick. Yeah. On the same page. yeah. And I think that would have been a better solution than just getting rid of it. It was also. Opinion. I think it was also like always very obviously like fake breasts, but that's you know that's a different. It also but, also. I mean, it's still it's still breasts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we need to see. We need to see uh, shaft. We need to see lips. I need to see. Mm-hmm. We need to see. We need to see. We need to see um, <laughs> math. Yeah, I need to see a man's hairy balls, or I will die. Mm-hmm. Yeah, how are you supposed um, to shave? Or smooth ones? It's impossible. Yeah. I don't. Yeah, maybe I guess. Uh, you, you we as a society don't talk about how Terry had multiple articles in the Telegraph, and I think, oh, no. <laughs> I think we need to talk about that. <laughs> Terry. <more. laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> the Telegraph is journalistically like identical to the Sun. It just has. I they're like yeah. Uh, that was something I wanted to bring up. Specific thing, yeah. yeah. Because the bit where William confronts—I forget his name—but the the sort of petty, petty racist, sort of small, small like uh, small business fascist mm-hmm. um, mm. who lives in his boarding house. Uh, yeah, it's very much painting like Wilkinson. those views as sort of stemming from a place of, or at least, at least maybe it paints William thinking that those views are stemming from the place that um, the the sort of red tops come from, the the tabloids. Yeah, but mm. in reality, a lot of the biggest uh, portray like um, purveyors of that ideology and the the the, the ones that make it acceptable and. Um, encourage and accelerate certain like fascist tendencies within our society are very much respectable papers of record it's the bbc <laughs> like you could yeah. say because yeah. like obviously the the telegraph is at least calls itself right wing or center right or whatever they say um mm. but it's things like the bbc that pretend to be journalistically neutral or not anything but because obviously neutrality is like a a fake stance to begin with but it yeah it it's yeah. nuts it's nuts and uh, you're completely oh, yeah. right because it is things like the sun that people do tend to think of as trashy but the telegraph says the exact same stuff it just uses more quote unquote educated language to say so or it uses studies yeah. that were well, the falsified by conservative thinkers. Well, the time tanks. i mean the time melanie point, phillips in the time at this point she the times cited, is the fucking same thing as the daily mail the times right? the time melanie phillips is a columnist for the times she was cited by anders bering breivik the norwegian terrorist neo-nazi mass murderer in his manifesto she still works there um, doesn't she oh yeah of course um you have uh, people like um, oh, who else? Oh, I had it just a minute ago. <laughs> I mean, well, any of the the turfs who continuously write for the Guardian, which is you know meant to be, it's not, but it's meant to be like Britain's left wing broadsheet, um, centre left broadsheet. I mean, going and back to one of that. <laughs> going back to one of the tabloids, you had um, a story about Jeremy Corbyn published in the sun before just before the election or a few months before the election i think um which was drawn from uh the, the source of that story which was fake it was a smear was drawn from neo-nazis online and the political editor editor of the sun who put that out still works there still works i there. mean it feels like it's, it's definitely like a flattening of like 
editorialship, I think, especially in the UK newspapers. Like, I think maybe there was a difference at some point, but slowly over time, they've just become closer and closer until, for the most part, they follow the same basic editorial line, just with, like, differences in language and presentation. Um, uh, which, obviously, you know, <laughs> benefits <laughs> the same people. <laughs> Uh, who are in power and you know maybe there's also a man behind this who's Australian who also has quite significant <laughs> power uh, I couldn't possibly Fantastic. say yeah. I mean in Germany like I think it's like you know as you said it's quite different from like what the sun is like and what the build is like but like in 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 Germany like the there's like this one publisher called Axel Springer who owns like both like the high a bunch of the high level newspapers the so-called intellectual ones and the build yeah. and it's all like ideologically it's all like right wing yeah it's the same. but yeah. uh you know the german middle class will like look up to the spiegel even though it's like exactly the same it's just not like written on like cheap printed on like cheap paper yeah, yeah. Mm. we have some red tops in this country which have gone so far into this like unreality and fake news or whatever you want to call it that they've passed out the other side and become something like far more like like ethical in that they literally just print stuff that's like school bus found on the found on the surface of the moon or whatever <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, they, you know they have all the stuff in in this book about how there are stories about like my husband ran away with a ghost and i I'm yeah. not joking. I've seen that headline in newspaper what tabloids that you can buy in UK shops. <clears throat> that, well, I think I, I just remember who the that, other person like I was the... thinking of was Douglas fucking oh. Murray. He basically <laughs> oh, yeah. spreads white um, uh, great replacement theory. Yeah. That's basically yeah, yeah. his whole job. Oh, they love to parrot. And he's shit. in he's in respectable newspapers, and he talks with a nice posh accent. Uh, I mean, there was I think a... he's gay as well, so he gets away with it. <laughs> There's a process that I think I've seen talked about before where, like, if you, as, like, a, a newspaper that says fucking whatever, says something enough, um, then it ends up having becoming enough of a news thing that people sort of feel that they have to report it in, like, newspapers that people are quote-unquote respect as well. So it's a sort of, like, I don't know, it's a whole sort of weird processing of information or whether or not that information is true from like one type of newspaper to another that basically just crosses the entire morass of like British society or whatever society. But I think in Britain it's like, <laughs> we have a particularly bad case in the, uh, in the English. Yeah. I mean, world. it's, yeah, it's probably like different. I think it's like different flavors in different countries, mainly like it's, it's bad everywhere. It's just, there's just like That's, something, yeah something unique like you know the end the Trojan trojan horse podcast is obviously like a more you know more qualified uh piece of media that like you know but done by smarter people than us you should listen that, to that like, it's pretty good uh, yeah do makes a case for like how fucked british media is and british <laughs> specifically this is this is which is the same thing right it does, like it does have some people like say a, something yeah and then everyone just repeats it until it becomes true and it becomes news. And it is like yeah. a helpful like perspective to have like a British and an American journalist do it. Like, you know, it is because like there's obviously like also a lot of like really fucked stuff in like American media. Right. Yeah. But it's, yeah. Uh, it doesn't really matter for like this book, I guess. Like, I think <laughs> I think what we what we're trying to say is, you know, I I. I 
I don't think the tabloids or like the sun or whatever works exactly the way that or works quite the way that it's that it's like here done by by Dibla or, or whatever. Like it's it's a funny joke to have it like that. It doesn't like I I don't think Terry is like even attempting to show the whole scope of fucked upness. Like I think it's I don't think the inquiry is supposed to be like the sun. Yeah, yeah. I think the inquiry is supposed to be like, yeah, like the insane ones. I you think see it's like the, the Sunday stand. sport or the star. Yeah, that are, that are like, yeah. uh, my my husband is an alien. Yeah. My my child was stolen by goblins and replaced with a double. Yeah. I mean, like, it's more that John, type of newspaper. John than Lennon like a came to my house and planted yeah. a pipe bomb. Yeah, yeah. Mm. I mean, that's the thing. Like he had to simplify it because it's like in this book, news newspapers is just being invented. So you have to like, you have to make a few shortcuts. You have to simplify it like yeah. extremely, <laughs> so it makes sense to have just the two, right? Like instead of showing like a whole but it, uh, yeah, scope but of like it, complications. But it is a clever like juxtaposition, yeah. right? Where it's like the, this is the newspaper that's full of lies, and this is the one that's the truth. Except, is it mm. really yeah. the truth? Mm. And uh, and I think that it does that very effectively. I would like to say, well done, Terry. This this is an extremely complicated <laughs> book. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You did a really good job with this yeah. one. Good job, Terry. Uh, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, it's, yeah, it's definitely not. It's definitely not a one-to-one. This is about British journalism. Yeah, it's about I, journalism. No, but um, it, but it's it, kind of hard to hard to escape for us at the moment. But uh, also, of course, I mean, recent history and yeah. and the fact that we're kind of staring down the barrel of an economic gun that's about to go off in about four weeks. Mm-hmm. Um. And it, <laughs> no one is saying anything apart from, you know, like some of the more liberal media is, but no one says anything. They just say, suck it up. And yeah. we can't. actually, starving oh, well. is good. We could all we do have, with a fast every so often. We have no suck. Actually, it's healthy to fast, so therefore you should live in poverty. Mm. Thank you. Yeah, put on a jumper. It's how to knit. Can you afford wool? No, it's quite expensive. <laughs> Can you get time off of work to knit a jumper? No. You have three <laughs> no. jobs. <laughs> yeah, because I guess I, gu- Will I guess your job the... give you more hours. No, <laughs> I guess honestly, I'm just like happy that uh, that this book isn't just like here's how journalism is epic, right? Like even oh yeah, even just yeah, just yeah, yeah. just the fact more. that it is like a lot more nuanced than that is like a lot more that one you than what you can expect of like a 450 page book with a Jack Kirby cover, right? Or Josh Kirby cover. <laughs> <laughs> It, they're not turning to the audience and saying like journalism is the most important thing in the world um yeah we're not doing the fucking newsroom yeah, yeah. <laughs> well we reported the news <laughs> he's like ah, i will protect my father which is what i'm allowed to do because i run this paper william um, de word goes up to uh the the, <laughs> the leader of the ankh-morpork kennel club he's like <laughs> salutes him and he's like, sir i have the pleasure to inform you <laughs> That 0800 towers today, <laughs> Mr. Pin was killed by me with a letter spike. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I hope people have seen that video. Turning to, t- turning to Saskarissa, like, we reported the news. <laughs> you haven't seen that video. Like, what are you doing listening to this? Maybe link that one in the comments. Yeah. Yeah. It is I think it's Go. pinned in our Discord somewhere. <laughs> Go go watch the uh the newsroom Osama bin Laden on the on the flight. Yeah. Although I do I, I do love the other clip where it's like uh we have to it's run like with this. playing. I think it's like the f- one of the one of the early episodes and the episode is called Fix You. Mhm. 
because it plays the Is entirety play? of Coldplay's Coldplay's Fix You at the critical moment, and there's mm. like there's just like this bit where it's like uh it's just like one character is dying i think and all the other channels are reporting her to be dead but jeff newsroom oh is God, like no yeah. we're not pushing the button and then one of the characters until said the doctor declares her dead not the news <laughs> yeah and then it turns out that she's not dead and then they, they get to yeah. be like the only ones who are right because they're like she survived so aaron, aaron, aaron like, my really dude you wrote the scenario yeah <laughs> it's like in real life no one gives a shit okay <laughs> like if, if someone's reported dead big deal they issue a correction right like it's <laughs> <laughs> chill the fuck out i uh i <laughs> does it <laughs> I'm I'm uh, I'm trying to I'm trying to find a girlfriend at the moment, uh, very unsuccessfully on dating apps, and someone keeps coming up in the Cardiff area hinge. Um, who, the one reason that I haven't messaged them yet is that they say they like the West Wing. <laughs> uh, and they work in the Senate, so that probably means they're in the Lib Dems. Oh, they work in the Senate and they like the, yeah. <laughs> the West Wing. Okay, so they think they're in the West Wing, but the Welsh version. The Senate like... is a parliament come right. In case you didn't know, that's not going to help you. The news is I, I, the I Welsh will... parliament, for those of you who don't know what come right <laughs> means. I am thankful to uh, to our listener in our Discord who was like pointing out like the insane because I think I think I think he watched the entirety of Newsroom, like hate watched all of it and just told us like some more like specific fucked up ways of how like the show is takes place like a couple of years before it came out so it like shows the entire like election cycle but like here's how we could have changed something but then it doesn't that's quite funny <laughs> that's a very interesting concept it's like the arches but a but a prestige tv show <laughs> <laughs> the arches oh it's the like arches a fucked up concept and then there's a bunch of bits where jeff newsroom like makes a big speech about how he is a proud republican but he hates the racists who are running the cu- the party right he now he hates the bad republicans oh. but he's a good republican <laughs> i've never seen like john mccain <laughs> i've never seen any republican or tory do that no there's not, there's not such a thing as a secret Tory on Twitter who's like, oh, aren't the Tory party bad? And I'm like, why don't you stop being one then? It, it's really... It might be fake. But uh, it's all very stupid. Do you remember that era of politics where everyone was trying to convince each other all the time that it actually wasn't important who you supported? It was about like your own personal integrity. That was such a fucking yeah. weird time. I, mean, I think that was like the newsroom era, probably. Like, Yeah, it was. It was like 2010 or even or the West. I think I don't remember that. Yeah, like the the mm. West Wing was the was time when that was like. <laughs> I think I the West Wing was like in peak. 2007, 2018, maybe nineteen. Well, I've been watching I've been watching Thirty Rock uh-huh. a lot recently. Yeah, we talked about that. More like Thirty yeah, Rock. It, it's <laughs> such an era of like everything. Yeah. Like it's so interesting the way that they talk about politics or like engage with politics. Like, Tina Fey has to do this whole thing where, like, her character says, like, oh, I might hate bad thing, but I still love America, and then, like, does a wink at the actual camera so that, you know, it's about Tina Fey herself rather than her character, and it's so strange. Like, (laughs) 
I don't know. They have one of the characters go on Fox News with the actual Fox News guys, and they're like, haha, it's funny that we're on actual Fox News. And it's so, like, grim, really. That's giving me big Parks and Rec vibes. Mm. It really is. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's, the, it's all that there. The Venezuelans come and they're like, oh, isn't Venezuela bad? And it's like, motherfucker, what oh, the yeah. fuck are you talking about? Do you remember, like, one. You remember the fucking. Uh, was it called One Day at a Time? Yeah. One day at a time, the like Cuban telenovela series that came out, and then one guy yeah. comes in wearing a Che Guevara shirt, and then they all audibly and they're like, and "He's go, as bad as oh. Hitler." He <laughs> <laughs> took my family's servants, not slaves, away. Ideology. Ah, uh, Mer- TV is crazy. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I've been watching when's, King when's of Terry the gonna do a book about like, TV? King, uh, Mike Judge stuff is interesting because Mike Judge also very obviously has like pretty dumb like lip politics like he's the yeah he's the the, it was definitely an area it's definitely an era of like extreme lip thinking right but the interesting thing about king of the hill is that it doesn't really get in the way like you kind of notice his politics but it's also like he's he's too good a comedic writer that it's like that it's like actually starts bothering you right like he has some weird hang-ups about like hippies and like bureaucracy and stuff yeah fuck hippies man but it's like, it, I mean, in King of the Hill, the writing is still like, and the character stuff is just so good. And then he makes stuff like Idiocracy, where it obviously fails. Like, Yeah, which is extremely cringe. Yeah, I think it's similar with like, I don't know, there's funny jokes in 30 Rock about like the fact that the guy is a Republican and he like loves Republican stuff and loves like horrible things. And he's obviously like an evil guy. But then like the rest of the politics are such like, lib brain shit yeah. that it it's sometimes like really distracting i think it's just like the war on terror at that point it was like it, yeah this sort of pervading atmosphere of like you can't criticize america without like Getting you have to make sure list. that you're being very specific and it's like a very like one thing that you think could be a bit better and you still love america because we love america because it was just like a big hammer the right or anyone could hit you with if you were like oh maybe this isn't great the fbi <laughs> <laughs> if you wanted to avoid getting on a watch list yeah mm. <laughs> and the other the other thing zones. i to, to, to get back to to this book for a second the other thing that terry is what? like the, the, you know just to favorably compare her with our other favorite like jk rowling like in, oh bestie i just think like the the portrayal of journalism in comparison to that is also interesting like they bring this up on the on the streetcast a lot and how like they're like Daily Prophet or whatever it's called in mm-hmm. Harry Potter, it's just like she can never decide if she wants it to be the epic newspaper or the what the tabloids that are report <laughs> the tabloids Sorry. that are like that have been like reporting badly about her in real life, so she has an axe to grind there. She could have because she's that by a bad having, writer. Well, it's that, but if she just had two newspapers, right? <laughs> like if she just had yeah, like, one, that was, was good, one that was bad, like I mean, she does right because like the Quibbler is supposed to be like the Inquirer in this, where it's like the the sort of made up stuff newspaper. But it's also right, right about some things because again, she can't make up her mind. Yeah, so, yeah. It's she's a bad writer. Yeah. And a very bad world. It's because she, she's very stupid. <laughs> so, like, got new labor brain where she, like, hates most people. I don't know. Yeah. I, uh, yeah. I just wanted to shout out the w- one line here that I thought was really funny. Like, there isn't a lot to say here about this, but there's a bit where, like, 
they William and Vimes have this confrontation and then Vimes is like like if you are in the front of the patrician because they do this whole thing about like whatever and it's like if you are in front of the patrician at 10 o'clock you've got to give it back and then William says which patrician yeah, it's um yeah, it's a whole thing where he's yeah. like, you've got to pay me a fine. And then he's like, as Mr. Slank keeps doing it, so it's like a thousand pounds, then it's like a hundred pounds, well, dollars, and it's like ten dollars. And then um, Vimes sarcastically like gives him a single dollar. Yeah. It's so good. <laughs> like, Vimes really is so done with this shit. Yeah. And then William is like pushing his luck because he's like, um, which patrician? And then Vimes says, thank you for that smart answer. <laughs> 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 yeah, you just think like I don't know. It's just it's just so funny how much he hates him. This is when it goes like sicko mode, though, right? Like it's when he's um he's uh, meeting all the nobles the next morning, and they're like, "Oh, Mister Scope couldn't make it," and he's like, "Oh, did you get a note from his mother?" Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's good. He's all like, of the other he, guild he, members are like, like really I'm abashed funny. by this. Yeah, yeah, they're all like some of them are like laughing though. They're like having a little a little side chuckle. Um, he's got them now. You know, oh, he's epic. I, that also <laughs> he's joking does kind of bring it into like perspective about how much this is completely kind of inco- inconsequential to them, as well. That they're just. I mean, the- <laughs> yeah, like like right? it, and it is it is like the response we got where it's like all of this happens, and at the end of the day, the power structure is identical to what it was at the start, and mm. the aristocracy is still there. It's maybe one guy has gone away, but like the power structures that keep them there are still intact. It's yeah, like like that. William even says like he's like, oh, I thought I could change something. Um, and Zaskris is like, eh, how? Because <laughs> no, no one really gives a shit. They're like, oh, some politics are happening. I want to hear about the woman giving birth to a to a snake. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which is, is is slightly like a, a Terry cynicism about the public in general. Like, I'm not sure it's necessarily accurate, but it, yeah, you you sort of get what he's going for. Yeah, like it's really. Un- I'm not sure it's possible to describe the the sort of intelligence of people in general. You know, mm-hmm. because I yeah. mean, it is true people do believe all sorts of weird, stupid shit. But also, is that inherent? Who knows? No. And it's not. I don't. I don't. It's like, about you know, maybe people ask you. I don't know. It's just about like it's just. I just have a Terry Pratchett podcast. It's just about yeah. like it's it's not about believing, right? Like it's about what they're what they want to read right? about or what's. But in it's, yeah. it's also, and it comes sort of down to that, like you know, the William gets really annoyed because the guys who also stay at the boarding house he stays at don't seem to really care that much about yeah. what happens yeah. in politics. And it's kind of, it's partly a cynicism, but like ultimately at the end of the day, they can't change anything about it. This has all happened without any mm. of their input. Veterinary, yeah. unelected, at least by the public. So it's like, there yeah, is... Yeah, they wouldn't care about veterinary. Like, they're not, yeah. they're not wrong. There is like, an apathy. Why, why would they? It, it is like one they of the things where it's like, was... well, this doesn't matter to me. <laughs> Yeah, apart from the one who's horny for veterinary. Right? <laughs> yeah, so the, the woman who runs Very it, yeah. relatable. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, most we of them love, assume that, that he was he was guilty of it, even though it's been proven that yeah. he wasn't. But they're just like, oh, well, he fun- got away with it, whatever. <laughs> yeah. There's a funny bit where William has to say veterinary is innocent, and he's like, I mean, it's not like... <laughs> 
that's that's not a true statement on its own, but like in the context, it's like sort of relevant. It's like it's not. Benadari isn't innocent, you know. Yeah. Benadari innocent. Yeah, he yeah, talks about it's like, like the wider applicability. Dog of this bites statement. man. Yeah. Yeah. The veterinary himself is like at at, at the end is like uh, so you're in the public interest, but the public isn't really interested in this, uh, are they? Mm. Like the the people aren't interested in this, but like yeah, it's because uh, it's it's the same shit that happens all the time. Like veterinary keeps being framed for stuff. They keep trying to change him, right? Like he himself knows that it he doesn't do anything and it shakes out at the end, right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, there's a whole, like, dog bit that we didn't talk about. Like, it's just the ending of the deep bone stuff from the from the oh, last yeah. bit, I guess. Uh, uh, yeah, some more epic Gaspode moments. Um, he gets done up at a dog salon <laughs> to, look like a, to look like a sick poodle, uh, but it just still looks horrible. <laughs> <laughs> What's the name that he goes by? Like, Twinkle Toes? <laughs> <laughs> Twinkle like uh, Tinklebell twi- or something. Tinklebell, yeah. yeah. It's quite it's quite good. Um <laughs> it's good stuff. Deep bone Gas- stuff. Gaspode's girl funny. riding. <laughs> yeah. Gaspode's going fun. Mm. I support him. Yeah. Me too. Yeah, William finds Wuffles. Wuffles gives like an account of what happened, but we already knew what happened and it's not it's not super relevant. In the end, um, yeah, it's just funny, isn't it? It is funny. Mm. This is a funny book. It is funny. There's a great bit as well where it's like um, some of the gnolls who are hanging around address William by name, and he's like, "How do the gnolls know what my name is?" <laughs> he's like, "Oh shit, they're employed by Harry King. Isn't it funny that we owe him money?" <laughs> Yeah, and it's like after everything's finished he's there like wow there's loads of people cleaning the street here uh, yeah. <laughs> until he pays Harry after they off. pay the debt there's like less people cleaning yeah. the street yeah <laughs> it's pretty good um what else happens that's I think we've talked about most things um I'm going to assassinate Douglas Murray I think you should mm-hmm. I think that would be pretty sick. We talked last week about, um, well, the week before last, about the Shinzo Abe assassination. Yeah. And um, only positive results from that. So I think actually it's cool to assassinate people. <laughs> <laughs> it did work. I'm not actually going to assassinate anyone. So there you go. No. It was a joke. Yeah, say what you want about it. It works. I'm a pacifist. <laughs> Except when it's funny, like with the Shinzo Abe one. To, to quote <laughs> Richard Dawkins, it works. <laughs> I was thinking about the musical Assassins by Stephen Sondheim and know. how there's a duet between Squeaky Froom and John Hinckley Jr. and how they're both still alive. And I was like, theoretically, they could both do the duet mm. with the with the real. Yeah, people. John Hinckley does make music now, so yeah, yeah he's a beautiful song songwriter. Yeah, he's cool. Mm. We support we support John Hinckley <laughs> Jr. Do. He's done nothing problem in his music career. <laughs> it's really funny. I've seen like in some. It's, I see like some Facebook discourse about people. Um, well, actually, he was a creep about Jodie Foster, so you can't support John. H- <laughs> just can't support the guy. He was having a schizophrenic episode. Yeah, <laughs> going up to John Hinckley Jr. in the past, saying Jodie Foster said you have to use this gun, and then handing him the like potato gun <laughs> that was used to kill Shinzo Abe. Handing <laughs> <laughs> him an enormous like comedic pirate cannon. <laughs> 
this will work she I'm said so, I'm, <laughs> I'm so obsessed with Jodie Foster gun. being like Jodie Foster was like yeah I was actually quite flattered that he thought I was signing to kill Ronald Reagan <laughs> it's pretty good yeah any, anything else that I don't think we so I, I could go I mean I can rant on for years about the state of British journalism but I think we've said most of the most we said of all the that points. we can yeah. say that we actually know we could make some more stuff up but you know um yeah you know britain is about to become uh gonna enter the cool zone I, but it's not f- i mean it's it will literally be cool because no one can afford to heat their houses anymore mm-hmm. um 70 of sh- pubs uh, predict that they won't pre- survive the winter i love to owe money to companies it's, for it's things so great that i need to live it's wonderful, um, it's wonderful to see people you know from school who were very like nice normal people then going on to write for like local journalists out like networks and writing puff pieces about police dogs which is something that i've seen someone i know from school do um it rules it's cool it's like i love that we're not taking on any real stories i think we should kill police dogs <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Wales, the uh, the one of the few good news outlets in Wales recently is stu- is closed. So that was fun. I, the national <laughs> Wales. The world is the world is really going in an interesting direction in the UK. Um, we are really fucked. Be. Like I'm genuinely quite scared. Yeah, it's weird. America keeps getting stuff at the moment, and I'm like, okay, yeah. <laughs> no use to me though. Good, 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 for, good them. for you, America. Like, I hope you do avoid that civil war that seems sort of vaguely imminent in like the near future for the last five years. Um, yeah, me too. I mean, America Talk keeps getting stuff, but it's like getting like the the student debt cancellation thing is like uh, okay, so you get that really bad stuff that you had that is like becoming less bad, but it's still like overall worse right because mm. i don't have mm. any student loans like i don't have any student <laughs> debt that needs to be forgiven because uh universities are free in germany okay is- I have, i'm like um, i have it okay I'm like 50 grand something and it i have at least eighty three thousand pounds jesus christ debt. yeah mine's own and yeah mine's interest like rate on those loans and that's if they stay in the government's 000. hands which they probably won't because the government loves to sell them to private companies but I don't earn enough to pay any well, of it back. So, neither do uh, I. <laughs> so, because my job is publicly funded and they won't fund that anymore. So, yeah. Things are very interesting at the moment. I'm not saying I that yeah. burning select buildings down would solve the problem, but maybe it would. Well, it, would it make you feel it better? It might give us some oh, yeah. warmth during the winter. So, you know. Yeah, yeah. The, all those benches in the Houses of Parliament, I bet they'd put out quite a lot of heat. I'm sure they yeah. Mm-hmm. Theoretically, yeah. on a on a purely scientific level. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of gold in the in the uh, Tower of London. We could sell that off. <laughs> pay a few bills for that. Mm-hmm. Mm. We could kill the Queen. <laughs> <laughs> Good eating on them bones. <laughs> <laughs> I don't I really don't think there are. <laughs> no. <laughs> Very scrawny. Very scrawny, very old meat. Mm. Okay, well, the truth. Anything That's the truth. Britain's dead our truth. Kill the Queen. Yep. We've we've spoken our truth to you, the audience. Okay. <laughs> on that so, downer. On that oh, downer. No. <laughs> uh, 
Just like Terry's book, The Truth, we're ending this podcast on kind of a yeah. dour note. See you next time if we haven't um, sold our microphones to pay for heating. I would rather die. That's not true, but it's close to the truth. Yeah, until next time. <laughs> I hope you liked this question, Mark. You did. Um, but we'll, we'll see you next... Fuck, what's the next book? Uh, Thief of Time. Yeah, like ne- next time we'll be, uh, just for something also completely different from Terry's other books, we'll be reading Thief of mm. Time. We will kind understand of, Kind of it. a crazy one. <laughs> You're going to be nodding your head at how simple Thief of Time is to understand as a book. It's going to be so... When you, when you read uh, it. I just think it would be so funny if like, I read it and it, it all makes sense, because that's like famously the confusing one. Great. Um, I don't think it makes less sense than the end of like moving yeah. pictures <laughs> oh okay well i didn't I understand it... that really so <laughs> well no <laughs> or like the end of soul music um but it's sort of like that like a lot of the way through i think it's a pretty good one i remember liking it a lot i so. remember having fun with it it was one of my favorites i think it has the last josh kirby cover but also a really good one it does yeah it's really good yeah very conceptual yeah um it's about time mm. and being a person um, I experienced both of those things. <laughs> I do. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I'm an empty shell. Outside of I'm time. A... <laughs> <laughs> Thief of time. I'm excited. Thief of time. If you like this, you can donate to our Patreon um, and give us money because we love money. We will post new content eventually. Some other stuff. We'll be doing some new content. Look, it's week. been. It's the summer we've all been. My life has been very crazy recently. I came back from my holiday and then I sort of didn't stop doing things for about like four or five days Mm. until the point where I was like, holy shit, I think I might die. But yeah, if you like this, you can donate to our Patreon uh, for three euros a month um, and get access to our bonus stuff. Or for five euros a month, you can uh, get your name shouted out like these people. Sarah McClintock. Hell yeah. Woo-hoo. Onion Calolifer, uh-huh. Milk Ooh. Succubus, Ooh. Justin Ooh. Crandall, Delicious. Evan Diaz, Cora, mm. and Tigany mm. Progony. Rico. Uh, and uh, thank you uh, to our 10 euro Bjorn Strong in the Arm uncles of the patrons of the show. Tintin, mm, Slam please. Simon, Clash Wraith, mm, delicious. Jason H, Scrumpy, Gardar, Yum, delicious. and Big Flatbund. Oh, this is the tastiest flatbund. Ah. Mmm, yummy. Thank you to all those people. It's very appreciated in this in this trying in this time. Economy. <laughs> yeah. And this economy, crazy. Don't send us money um, in pounds because it will soon be worth nothing. <laughs> we <laughs> need your delicious strong euros. Send us yeah, jewels. Send us, ju- send us jewels. <laughs> <laughs> Only rubies, please. Send us um, money in Iron Age gold staters and quarter staters. No mm. potins. See. Maybe a silver um, unit. Send me florins. Um, yeah. So thank you to those people. If you like to if you'd like to talk to us you can join our discord which the link is in the description and you can chat to some very lovely people and you can get some more cool hot d house of the dragon takes <laughs> um, we're doing the crossword I, I do the crossword there 
Um, we do the crossword. It's fun. H of the D. Um, it's fun if you like doing chat. crosswords like a, <laughs> like a loser. Yeah, exactly. Um, uh, until next time, Beyond Strong in the Arm is my <laughs> uncle. Uh, the the truth will make you come. Um, <laughs> the truth will stick its thumb in your ass and wiggle it about. Ooh. Yeah. The truth is out there, I believe. Mm-hmm. I um, believe. We'll, we'll see you next Got time. Bye. Potato. Bye. President Castro, please help. My country is yearning for freedom. Ancient times.